You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You you feel this, this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank call. Prank call. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Packernet After Dark. We've got a lot more phone calls to get through. We've got a lot more thoughts and feelings and emotions. Are you there? There we go. Trying to do too many things on my computer at once, and it froze on me. I was like, I don't... I'm saying things, but I don't think anyone's hearing what I'm saying. But uh, still a good amount of calls, so why don't we go ahead and uh, pick up where we left off yesterday? Hey, Jersey Mike again. Hey. I, I just wanted I just wanted to add this little little message on that. Hey, hey, Matt Lafleur, get control of your freaking quarterback. That's it. Thanks. Yeah, that's about that's about the size of it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Well. I've got a lot of thoughts from left over from yesterday, but I'm going to let you guys steer the ship here. So um, I don't feel the need to play that call, so we're going to skip that. Hey, Ryan. It's uh, Nathan calling from London. Hey. Um, I called last week to add a bit of positivity. Um, this week, I don't even know which team I'm watching anymore. We lost. We lost Nathan from London positivity, chipper, the whole thing, like everything's good. You lost Nathan. Way to go, Green Bay. Way to go. Well, I have no one to talk about because everyone here is a soccer fan, so I'm just going to rant to you. Um, where do we start? Do, do we do we put love in now? Rodgers isn't playing anywhere near as well as he should be, as well as he knows he is. I don't know who the hell that number 74 is because that's not Jenkins. Right. No, man. I don't know. Where do, do we get Hackett back? He's not having a good time in, in Denver. Do, was, was he the genius behind our, you know, good offense? Oh, man, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. It is hard. I mean, again, yesterday I went, or I guess today, I went in with a what I think to be what makes the most sense, but it's still, there's still a lot of things sitting out there going, it doesn't fully make sense. As far as this being a Matt, I mean, it is something Matt LaFleur has to fix. That's not really debatable. This is, this is, you know, here are the issues. Who's going to fix it? Well, that these are every single thing you're listing is a head coach's job to figure out. Not necessarily his fault that they're playing this way as far as he's not the one that's executing it. 
I think the play calling is fine. I think. I don't know. I, I It seems to be okay. I think the game plans, as far as I know, are okay. I don't know. You could probably critique them about who's playing where, the offensive line being one of those things. But but no, in terms of like, well, the players aren't ready. And you you can put it on each individual player if you want. But, you know, we're not talking about one or two guys. We're talking about the entire team. We're talking about the energy that the team has. We're talking about the focus that the team has. We're talking about their preparation and their ability to do basic things. Um. But but even with that, okay, we've identified that this is this is Matt's job to fix, and it's Matt's fault for allowing it to get to this point. But why did it get to this point? What what even happened? Because they didn't do this last year, or the year before that, or the year before that. So why this year? The only thing I can think is those 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 changes: Devonte leaving, MVS leaving, having younger guys playing, um, especially at the wide receiver position. Yeah, maybe Hackett leaving changed a, a few things in terms of how they prepare and certain things that are that are going on I, I don't know and now we're kind of in this death spiral of yeah I mean it's easy to be a leader of men when everybody's winning you don't have to do anything now we're struggling and now there's there's issues arising and you know now we have to see a, a, another strength from the team as a whole if the individuals in terms of their resilience but also the coaches their ability to inspire in the midst of trials, not just inspire when you're a 13-win team, which any old Joe can do. That's, that's, that's the best I got, but I don't know. I don't know how we got here. I don't know why things are this bad. I really don't. I, was, I said to you last week, I thought it would click, and now I just don't know. Right. I just don't know. I think we, we don't even look like a playoff team. And that's terrifying. Right. The money we're spending, all the draft capital with you. Oh, man. I need you to say something good to cheer me up. Because I'm struggling right now. Ah, anyway, I hope you and the family are well. And all the best. Go, Pat, go. Might be the hardest part is I don't know what to say. I mean, I, I can do the same old trope that the positive fans are doing, and that is, hey, we're 3-3, three and three, there's a lot of ball game left, we're still a talented team, relax, calm down, all that stuff, but it, it feels empty. It feels hollow. It's one thing, you know, again, when, when the Packers are playing competitive football, they're losing to good teams, or maybe, you know, you're, you're a, a, a four, you know, you're, you're four and one, and you, you drop one to a team you probably shouldn't have, but it, you know... It's not just that they lost, it's how bad they lost. It was three scores. And our offense is not, that's the other thing. It's not like we look good most of the time, but occasionally fall apart. And it's like, what the heck is going on here? You know, you lost to that one good team. Now you lost to a mediocre team. This doesn't make sense. The offense has not looked like a good offense all year because they're not. The defense hasn't been a good defense all year. I mean, you know, with, with, with minor exceptions. Have, have, have they played four quarters in a game yet? Has the special teams? I mean, it's the, the, the problem with the offense is it, they don't even have those brief moments. There might have been like a drive, a couple drives in, in some games where it looked good, but there's not. I, maybe last week, the first half, maybe. But even then, it feels like they're fighting so hard. It never looks easy. They're they're scraping and clawing, and they they're you know they 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 just got that third down. And they did. I, 
the hard part with with just playing the whole, oh, there's a lot of time left. A lot of time left to do what? What's going to be better? Well, we still have a lot of talent. We've had it all year. They're not playing. Yeah, if, let's start with the offensive line. If the offensive line can block much better, and there's no reason they shouldn't be able to, then we can run the ball better. Then Aaron Rodgers will start to play better because he has a little bit of time to play. Then, hmm, we're still in a little bit of a, of a bind because of the wide receiver situation. And honestly, I think we're reading that backwards. I'm, I'm, I'm reading it backwards trying to be positive. I think the issue is not that I think we have terrible wide receivers. I think they're good enough, but I think they have to be schemed open. I don't know that we have anybody that's just going to dominate anybody in man coverage just getting away from people. I know Lazard isn't. Randall maybe a little bit. Dobbs maybe a little bit. But that whole operation is clunky. And it's very scheme dependent. And I think the restriction on what we're able to do down the field is causing the defenses an easier time to disrupt our offensive line because they're able to be more creative because they don't have to allocate as many resources to the back end. This is theory, I don't know, but this is kind of where I'm coming to and part of the reason I'm not feeling massively optimistic about our chances. Defensively, I don't don't really know what to say. Again, I, I would love to see the offense put in a little bit of fight and give them a little bit of hope because I thought they played a phenomenal first half and eventually gave up. And, you know, disgustingly, that is exactly what the Jets said at halftime. Robert Sala, he said, keep punching them, they'll quit, essentially. Lead them out to deep water, and they'll realize they can't swim. Translation of that quote means when things get tough, they'll drown. And we did. Eventually, the defense gave up. And Robert Sala is talking about he's upset they didn't score down the stretch there. They're upset they didn't get one more score on us. You know why? Because a head coach like Robert Sala wants to beat you into the ground. He wants to embarrass you. He wants to dis, dis, just destroy you. Matt LaFleur wants to win by three. I mean, you know, not want necessarily, but he, he just, a win is a win. We just need to find a way to secure that W. But the problem is that's not inspiring your guys. He's forgetting the human element of, of that, the, the inspiration part of that. Getting these guys to feel superhuman. When you win, but barely, it has a very different effect on your team than when you're blowing teams out like the Buffalo Bills do seemingly every week or every other week. So I don't have anything positive for you other than what everybody else is saying, which is, eh, it's still early, and you know they, they at least have the talent to turn it around, unlike a lot of teams that are as bad as the Packers. That's the only difference between the Packers and everybody else is that the talent is sitting there dormant. So there you go. Do with that what you will. What's going on, Ryan? Aaron here. Hey, man. I got to first clarify what I said the other day about you and Tom and Brian and everything. I I was quoting The Office. I was, it made it, it made me sad that you didn't pick up on it. But what happened? I missed an Office quote. That seems I don't. You guys referenced your previous calls, and I never remember. So I apologize. But yeah, I'm 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 shocked. I missed an Office reference. I apologize for that. It was Nate talking to Ryan after Kelly was talking to them about her doctor boyfriend. Anyways, uh, I was just giving a call as I'm stuck in traffic leaving Lambeau. I'm not going to bring up the game because that was everyone else was going to talk about that. What I'm going to talk about is that the environment at Lambeau was absolutely incredible. There you go. Even though we lost, I had like the best time in the world. Everyone I talked well, to was good. super nice. It is um, it is a fun environment, and people there are very nice. Um, it's it's 
it's weird because it's simultaneously a massive party, but also extremely family friendly. Like I would have no problem bringing my kids there and just walking up and down. You know, you might hear a couple, you know, swear words or something, but it's like, it's not like there's fist fights in the parking lot and people getting drunk and, and acting stupid. Uh, well, that's, that, that is the case, but I, I mean, in terms of it being like a dangerous environment or anything, it's not, it's, it's extremely friendly. Everybody there is awesome. Um, again, you could probably walk up to just about any tailgate. They'll offer you a brat and a beer. Um, the people in the stadium are cool. I can't really speak to what happens when it's, they're losing it or everything, but, um, yeah, th- there's no question. It is a fun environment, especially outside the stadium, in my opinion. I I can't say enough for what the experience was. And as not just a Packer fan, I wish any sports fan would have the opportunity to go to Lambeau because it legitimately is something else. Just the atmosphere, the stadium. The stadium's incredible. The bleacher seats, I, I don't know why people complain. I just got to say the it was such an awesome time. And I'm hoping to go back. So that's what I got to say is that even though the game kind of sucked, the experience was good. So I'll leave it at that. And have a good one, Ryan. I complain about the bleacher seats because the last time I, well, not the last time, two times ago when I sat on it, there was like a foot of ice on it. Foot is an exaggeration, but literally it was, it was, it was a block of ice that I was sitting on. And then every time I tried to stand up because my feet were numb and, you know, my legs were numb and everything was numb from the ice and the cold, uh, I would get scolded and told to sit down on my block of ice. So that was not the greatest thing that's ever happened. Hey, what's going on? This is uh, Omar, the firefighter. What's I'm up, actually not having a good day like a lot of Packer fans. One is because I had to work today. I normally got a lot of my Sundays off. I had to work. and But I got to watch the first half, at least, of the game and saw the highlights of the second half, and I guess it really wasn't worth me being off. Um, I just wanted to say this. I guess I wasn't being over dramatic when I said we want a good football team. I'm pretty sure now that everybody can stop making excuses and realize that we're not a good football team. Most people are on board with that. We got a couple stragglers, but give it a few more weeks. We scored 10 points. Like, it's a lot of people have been making excuses. Oh, well, if we didn't fumble, we didn't do this. Or if you didn't, you know, get a first start, we'd do this. Like, we're still a good football team. Well, good football teams don't make these stupid mistakes. That's actually a really good point because, I mean, yeah, we did have the the one fumbled exchange, but this, this is a no-excuses loss, especially for the offense. There There wasn't. There wasn't like those fluky things that would have changed things. You know, like the last time we had that fumbled exchange, we were about to score. I mean, it was a solid drive and all that stuff. You know, the the botch snap that hit Christian Watson, we were about to score. We were not ever about to do anything. And let me just say that fourth down call to go for it was the dumbest thing ever. Dumbest thing ever. And I'm sure a lot of people wanted them to do it. I could hear the stadium cheering for it. First of all, Matt... Your offense has no ability to get any yards whatsoever. I think it was like a fourth and three, fourth and four. No chance you're getting that. No chance. I mean, there's, in my mind, a 5% chance it's not worth it. Beyond that, though, your defense is playing incredible football. Punt it. Stick them deep in their own territory. There is a 70% chance in my mind they go three and out. And then you get the ball back with some time. 
with, a, with time and, and, and fresh downs. Instead, we don't pick up the fourth down, and we give them great field position. I think we stopped them anyways, but it, it's so ridiculous. What are you doing? But again, what he's doing is he wants to believe in his offense. He wants to believe in Aaron Rodgers. And if, if he punts it, everyone's going to say, how dare you not believe in Aaron Rodgers? Same thing that happened in that playoff game, which still ticks me off. How do you take the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands in that playoff game? They, were, they couldn't do anything. Tampa Bay was destroying our offense all day. And by the way, we just had three downs and couldn't get a single yard. And now you're saying you, you're sure that we would have gotten not only a touchdown, but a two-point conversion to tie the game. Zero chance. No chance. Take the field goal. And, and you know, again, everything worked out perfectly if it wasn't for a penalty on Kevin King. But at some point, you just got to recognize it's not working. And this was a great opportunity. Our defense is playing fantastic. Our offense is trash. Punt the ball. Stick them deep in their own territory. Get the ball back. And even if you don't get the ball back, whatever. I'm more concerned about not letting them get into a rhythm and score points than anything else. I, if it's a difference between there's a 50% chance we get points and a, and a 50% chance they get points, or we can just do like 80% that nobody gets points, let's just take that. And let's go into halftime. Let's get the heck out of here. And let's regroup. Just, it, it was bad. That, I mean, that, that's how it was. What was it, a fourth and three, fourth and four? And I'm sitting there saying, there's no chance you're getting this. So don't try it. And I was right. And Matt LaFleur even said at his press conference, yeah, that was a pretty stupid decision. Go figure. It was. Because your team is not going to get that. Um, I like Lazard, but he's not a number one to take over no, the game receiver. Not even close. And if he gets paid, he should get paid like a number two. And that's being nice. You know, he made some good plays, but... He's not, you know, I don't think they're going to really probably even pay him, depending on our record, because you got the rookies and let them play in and go. So, all right. So, anyway, I got to get back to work. But I just want people to realize that, hey, we're not a good football team. We need to get over it. I think we need to put Zach Tom in, let him play, because the O-line looked terrible as well. It wasn't very good at all. So, um, just stop playing the young boys and just getting ready. But a new phase of ours. Packers time. So, all right, y'all have a good day. Bye. Yeah, I'm not with Zach Tom yet. Um, just because, well, first of all, the little bit that we saw of him in the regular season, I think he was really, 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 really bad. He was awful. Um, but beyond that, I think what makes the most sense is, is you know, I, I'm not giving up on Elton Jenkins because he's Elton Jenkins, but let's try him at guard, and, and Yash is at least serviceable. And as much as there's, it, it, it's insane to think that Yash would be an upgrade at, at right tackle, I think he would be. So I think we have to try that. I think starting day one, we're, if I'm Matt LaFleur, it's, we're making a change. And we need to start practicing immediately. Yash, you will be practicing at right tackle. And um, Elton, you're going to be practicing at right guard. Get prepared. And, and we probably need to stick with this for a couple weeks because maybe they come out a little slow or whatever. You know, we got to give them time to get acclimated to their new positions. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I don't think Zach Tom, I'm not putting Elton Jenkins on the bench, at least not at this point. I don't know. I, I, I you know, the, the, uh, the coaches aren't even offering any explanation either. You know, it would be nice if they came to the podium. And they're like, look, he's battling through some serious stuff right now. He's got, he's still dealing with injuries and everything. I mean, it's, it's tough. Nothing. It's just, yeah, everybody's got to execute better. So 
apparently it's not an injury thing. It's just he just forgot how to play football, I guess. Crazy to me. All right. Hey, it's uh, Omar Firefighter. I had to call hey. back again. Yep. You might can hear the fire truck in the background. That's all right. They had a restaurant. Um, anyway, so I wanted to say this and hit on this very much because I didn't address the special teams, which is terrible and still the same type of terrible. We got the block punts. So I wanted to even that out. And then they messed up again. It's like, oh, my gosh. So if the special team is, is not going to prove that much, we might as well just get good good players and, like, try to win games without the special teams <laughs> because it's ridiculous. Like, start let Toure play, let other people play, and we can cut, you know, the safeties that's not really tackling and everybody else. Nixon, he's doing a good job. I have no problem with him. But – uh, was it Leviat? Leviat, I forgot to do the name. Leviat. I haven't seen him do anything. Um, so literally just just improve the players. We need better players on our team if we want to win more games. And like I said, I mean it'll be good if we we win eight games. So if that's the case, we might as well play the younger players. They get playing time. They learn. Um, our first round pick. Walker is 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 uh. I mean, is he going to like fill a gap? Right. Like you a linebacker. I don't want to see a linebacker that didn't like to hit nobody. Right. It doesn't make a lot of sense. But uh anyway, go pack go. Uh you not a fake fan or anything like that, but we, you just expect better play. So y'all have a good day. Bye. Yeah, I think, you know, at this point I will pull the we're only we're still three and three card as far as giving up on the season and playing the younger players, but there does come a point when you do that. I think, you know, at the very least, the second you're eliminated from playoff contention, Samori Ture is coming in. Devontae Wyatt is playing a ton. Uh, Quay Walker obviously continues to play. Uh, Zach Tom, if there's an opportunity, he's going to be playing. Even Sean Ryan, if there's an opportunity, he's going to play. Because it's not about winning at that point for me. It's about we need to focus on the future. Now, you, well, that's going to hurt the locker room. Well, okay. <laughs> you know, I'm not I'm not going into the locker room saying we're sabotaging. I'm saying we, you know, we were just eliminated from playoff contention. The guys that we have in this team are not doing what they need to do, so we're going to explore new options and see if anybody wants it. That's at least how I'm going to package it, when in reality it's just, it's a little bit that, but it's also we need to get these young guys ready to play and, and see what we got. Um, because next year we're, we need more and different. Um but yeah, at this point, it's still getting your best guys out there. But I don't, I don't know who those guys are right now. But you know, I'm, I'm not as down on the defense and special teams as most right now. Again, I, I get it. It's hard to praise special teams when they have such catastrophic failures. But I think overall, you've got the vast majority of guys doing a pretty good job. But the only thing that matters is we have one guy making a massive mistake at a critical point in the game. And so the the net result, it doesn't matter if the 10 other guys are doing their job, if the one guy doesn't and the ball gets blocked, and that happens twice in a game. And and again, it's 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 such, you know, why doesn't that happen? You know, if it's just one guy may having a brain fart, why doesn't this happen all the time to all the other teams? Why Why are we the only ones that have guys out there that don't know what they're doing? Should that guy not have been on the field? Why Why are none of our players prepared? Why are they making such stupid mistakes? Just I just want somebody to tell me. And I'm, I'm so sick of, I started listening to the press conferences and right away it's, we got to execute, we got to execute. I, I, we know you have to execute. Why aren't you is the question. What is going on? 
And I know we're never going to find out because nobody's going to throw anybody under the bus or, or, or anything like that. But why? Why don't you care? Well, we do care. We're, no, you know, no, no, no. We watched you. You don't care. We've seen a fired up Packers team. That wasn't it. How do you come into this game and don't care? Are you just defeated because of what happened in London? Are you still jet lagged? What's the problem? And by the way, this, this motivation thing, whatever it is, it's obviously very shallow. And this, this is a team that at its core doesn't have genuine belief in itself. You know that because as soon as things go south, they quit. The best football teams that exist are teams that do not quit no matter what. And the Packers have never really been that. Aaron Rodgers and, and, a, and a, a Rodgers-led offense is always going to quit. He, he is the master of, screw this, I can't believe you, this is garbage. I mean, going back into Mike McCarthy days, things would go south. And I mean, I remember it, was, it, was, it was worse, I think, in 2018. They would go three and out, and they'd quit. It was over. The offense and defense, they would, they would cash it in. At least here, it kind of feels like they're fighting a little bit. The defense kept fighting and fighting and fighting for two and a half quarters before they finally gave up. But again, you, you look at the top teams, the Kansas City Chiefs, they could be down by 21 at halftime, and you look at it and go, I, I got, it's about a 60% chance the Chiefs are going to win this game. Because you just know Tom Brady, Tom Brady and the Patriots. Why, why did they have all the Super Bowls when we had all these good teams too? Because it's not just talent on the field. It's leadership, it's drive, it's discipline. There's nobody more disciplined than a Bill Belichick coach team. And who knows, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's not Matt LaFleur that's, that's causing the problems with motivation. Maybe it is Aaron Rodgers. Maybe it's guys like Tom Brady that motivate the team. I don't think Bill Belichick's much of a motivator, but maybe he is. Maybe the discipline came from Belichick and the motivation came from Tom. When people rallied behind Tom, they knew that they always had a chance. I don't know. I don't know. I know a lot of people feel that that is the issue, and if we get a new quarterback, maybe that it, maybe, maybe you get a new field general. Well, he's not going to be as good as Rod. I get that. I understand. It's the same as people telling me, well, Matt LaFleur can't be fired. He, won, he was 13 and three, three years in a row. I understand the previous achievement. I understand the strengths, but I'm, I'm talking about weaknesses that are going to prevent you from ever being successful, ever being a team that can win a Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers can be the greatest in the history of the world at, you know, 80% of what a quarterback does, but the other 20% are proving detrimental. He is and always has been a terrible quarterback under pressure. I don't care how many MVPs he's won. I don't care how many highlight throws he's, th- he's made. He's never been a good quarterback under pressure. He's just not. He doesn't deal with pressure or adversity very well. He brings the team down. And we've seen this formula play out time after time after time after time. And in critical moments against tough opponents in, in tough situations, and by the way, you want to know why the Packers lose in the playoffs? Because winning games like we had against the Jets, hard-fought game, where the game is close and it's on the line and you battle back and you rally, that's what playoff football is. And that's what the Packers can't do. Find a way to dig yourself out of this. The combination of Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers and and everybody else, it, it is a great combination for a lot of things. But it's not built for adversity. And that's what we're facing. And that's why I don't have a lot of faith in us getting out of this. Because this is not a team built for adversity. This is a team built for being 13-3. and in the regular season, beating up on teams like the Bears and the Lions and the Vikings and the Jets and the Giants and things of that nature. But now that we're not doing that, and the adversity's coming, we're doomed. <laughs> it's, it's, it's right now, and it's same thing I said last week, it's adapt or die. I think the defense did adapt, and I think it looked great. So I, I will afford Rodgers and LaFleur and the whole group 
the opportunity to prove that they can change, just like Joe Barry proved that he could change. And if they do, great. If you even know where to turn here. You know, with Joe Barry, it was simple. Play more aggressive, mix up your coverages, play a little bit more press, be a little bit more aggressive. I mean, that's everybody understood. But for Matt, it's like, Matt, you need to change. Okay, what do I need to do? I don't know. I don't know what you need to do. But this needs to be better. And I don't know how to help you. But change what you're doing in a way that is helpful. <laughs> hey, y'all. This is uh, Dakota in Tennessee, that nerd again. What up, nerd? Uh, yeah, so uh, first of all, Ryan, I want to apologize to you. Uh, I did not listen to your most recent podcast before I left the voicemail before the game today. I'm crushed. I did not know that you spoke about that particular statement from Jair Alexander for a good minute. So um, good. So with that in mind and the fact that we kind of crapped the, the bed in the game, yeah. um, obviously the defensive plan was not flawless. But uh, I do have one thing that's, that's, that's gnawing at me right now, and I want you to have to tell me uh, how dumb of an idea this is or what. But uh, Before you even get there, and I'm not going to read ahead, I'm at the point now where there's no such thing as a dumb idea. Pretty much everything's on the table. Now, you could prove me wrong. We'll find out. But I can't think of too many just ideas that are like, no, that's not it. Because I, I don't know, man. Let's get, let's get weird with it. Hearing LaFleur at the end of the game talk about how um, Rodgers battled pain in his thumb. Obviously, he has that thumb injury. So it crossed my mind, and I personally think it would be a good idea. If his thumb is hurting him, let him sit out the whole next game. Let him sit on the sideline. I don't know, maybe they'd be the equivalent of putting him in a corner, right? When my mommy used to put me in a corner for a few minutes when I was little. Maybe that's the equivalent of putting him in a corner, let him think about what he did, let him think about what he can do to do better, and then put him in the game after. I don't want to remove Rodgers. I know taking a game away from him is, is bad, but I think it could, it could simultaneously, hopefully, help his thumb if it's not much better in the next game. And maybe give him, uh, I don't know, another perspective. Maybe he's too in his, too in his head about what's going on. Obviously something's going on. I mean, he went from two time back to back MVP to whatever he is at this moment. Uh, yeah, just let me know what your thoughts about that dumb idea was. And, uh, there you go. Yeah. Y'all have a nice one. So I, I'm missing the timeline here. You said you want him to sit out. He did say the whole next game. I don't know. Maybe I, I misunderstood you at some point. So he's going to sit out the next game. I, I, there was a part of me when I saw he was hurting that wanted him to go out. And it's not because, again, I, I don't believe things are going to get better with love, but yeah, I mean, th- there are a lot of benefits. Number one, taking Rodgers out of the equation. I just want to see it. I want to see the difference. I want to see if it's the exact same thing, but worse. I want to see how the players respond. I want to see if they, they are maybe willing to rally a little bit. Maybe there's a little bit of a, a juice, just whether it be because of a change or because Rodgers with his attitude isn't out there on the field. I just wanted to see it. And, and also, beyond that, because I stopped caring about the game and actually winning, it kind of felt like a preseason game where I just want to see what the kid's got. I want to see how he's doing, see what he looks like with, with all the starters out there. Because here's the thing, if it does come to that, I think there is a chance that Jordan Love can look like a good football player. Now, that's going to end up being having devastating consequences because then it's going to be everyone's going to say Rodgers is the problem and we're going to be great. Let's just ride Love the rest of the season. And I don't know that that's the solution. But if I'm Matt LaFleur, I go to him and I say, listen, 
just take the easy stuff because I'm, I'm already seeing t- stuff on, on Twitter of the offense struggling. And, uh, you know, for example, the first clip that they showed in this little cut up, Amari's open. It's a, it's a five yard pass over to his left. He's staring to the right side of the field and he chucks the ball deep down to Lazard. Knock that off. You know, if I'm Jordan Love or if I'm Matt LaFleur, I'm looking at Jordan Love saying, I don't want you to be Rodgers. I want you to be Jordan Love. And, and what Jordan Love does is he listens to what the heck I say. He finds the open guy and he throws it to him. We're going to run the ball. We're going to maybe lean on your athleticism a little bit. I know he's not, uh, he's not Justin Fields athletic, but he is younger and he is quicker. And, and if there's an opportunity, take it. And I'm going to do my, my absolute best to make sure that there is a, a relatively easy completion for you to get to. And we're going to sustain some success and we're going to drive down the field. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm not a massive, I, I don't think a lot of this is as much Aaron Rodgers' fault as people are making it out to be, although clearly he's struggling. And I'm also not of the belief that love makes things better. I want that to be true. I want to believe we have a really good quarterback. I've just, similar to the Packers team, I, he's never proven to be anything other than a subpar quarterback. And by subpar, I might be being slightly generous to him. It's been real bad. But again, at, at this point, especially if you're talking second half, the guy's hurt and we're down and we're not going to win. F- yeah, do it. Am I going to be heartbroken to find out that that Love is playing next week? I mean, the only reason is that I would be is because I, I still think we should be favorites in that game. I tried to look. Uh, let me look today over at uh, the the my bookies here. Um, just out of curiosity. Yeah, we're still five point favorites. Guess what? I'm taking Washington again. <laughs> I'm just doing it. Um, putting all my money on that. Um, because again, I, I just think we're getting too much credit. How much do I have? Oh, I'm not even logged in. It's going to like, why don't you show me how much money I have? But I mean, we are still favorites and we should still win the game. You know, I mean, we should have beat the Giants. We should have beat the Jets and we didn't. We should beat Washington. You know, the, the only difference I'm seeing between Washington and the other two teams is nobody's really looking at Washington going, oh, I don't know. There, there's something special going on here. You know, the Giants and the Jets, yeah. I mean, the Giants did just beat Baltimore, although Baltimore is now, you know, again, is it the Baltimore Ravens are now 3-3, three and three, so are they a good team? I don't know. Are we? I don't know. Doesn't seem like it. But yeah, the, the Giants are 5-1, and one, the Jets are 4-2, and two. Washington is 2-4, and four, having just barely beaten the Bears after playing just a, a god-awful game. So, I mean, we, we, we should still win, and if you put Jordan Love in, now it's like, well, we might be giving away one of our few wins here, um, but I don't know. I don't know. Let's let's see if we can steal this win, <laughs> and maybe when we come around to like Buffalo or something, we can uh, think about making a change. You know, based on injury. I'm not saying you know whatever, but but I, I I get where you're coming from. I do. I don't think that fixes anything, but I'm I'm borderline in. Let's we're let's kind of like we were just talking about previously about getting younger guys some opportunities Jordan Love is one of those guys and I I don't think Rodgers is coming back after this year um, I've been saying that for a long time I feel that now more than ever because number one why would Rodgers want to come back to this number two why would Green Bay want Rodgers back at this point what is the benefit of it we're from my understanding of his contract it gets worse every year we keep him why would we do that now maybe we don't really have the opportunity to get rid of him I'm assuming we do but I don't know. Hey, Ryan, it's Britt from Maravac. How Hi. about them damn Packers, How huh? about that, huh? Not another dumpster fire of a performance, even worse than last week. I don't even know what to think of this team anymore. 
absolutely horrendous. Granted, the Jets are not the Jets anymore, but my goodness, why? Why on earth would you replace Royce Newman with Jake Hansen? Why? Why not put Zach Common? Why not do something? This team has no ambition, has no fight, has nothing. Let me just pause there for a second because another thing that's really annoying to me about this team is they're so stubborn, right? Again, I don't think Zach Tom is pro- probably not the answer, right? He's, I think he's played like zero right guard, first of all. He's played a little bit of left guard and then a bunch of tackle. Um, so if, if we were going to put Zach Tom in, it would maybe be like put him in at tackle and then but obviously that would be Yash before him. But it there is a level of stubbornness with them. And I, and I guess it makes sense. You've made evaluations, but I just feel like your evaluations suck. But we, we've, we, I feel like we've established that Jake Hansen is not good at stuff. We tried to put him in before, and it was a disaster, and we took him out. And now we're doing it again. We still believe he is the next best guard option that we have, and it was catastrophic. But it's not just that. Josiah DeGuara, once again, was one of the highest-graded players on the team. He had one of the few really good receptions in the game. wasn't a deep shot or anything, but his the, the smoothness, the speed that I saw from him, his elusiveness to be able to get down the field. Um, and that's two weeks in a row now that he's had almost no opportunities and he's made the best of those opportunities and they refuse to put him on the field. They won't do it. They refuse to change in terms of their running style, their running frequency. They refuse to change in terms of um, maybe not force-feeding deep shots. They refuse to change in terms of giving um, uh, Josiah more opportunities. And I'll be honest, at this point, I'm curious about Amari playing more. I know nobody wants that because everybody hates him. I've never ruled him out as a receiver. Um, the Packers did. Packers decided that he's useless as a receiver. He was one of the more promising guys, and again, he was he had opportunities in the game. He was open times that Rodgers didn't even see him. And with Randall Cobb now out, and Christian Watson not there to do like the jet sweepy stuff, I think there's a role here for Amari. You know, he's not a dominant return man. Got it. That's never what we brought him here to do anyways. He's a guy that the Packers liked in the second round. I don't think he was a bad receiver for us. He had like a, a really bad drop and everybody hated him. But he was running good routes. He was getting open. He was doing some real good stuff, in my opinion. Not elite, but as good as anybody else we've got. I don't think he's going to play much because the Packers have made a determination that he's not good. We don't like him at receiver and we're not going to play him. So, yeah, it's 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 annoying. They they really get stuck in their ways that this is what we've come to. This is our the, the decision we've made, and, and that's final. The coaches don't can't do or say anything. They have no fight. The players, they just look like they're pouting the whole time. Anytime something doesn't go their way. Aaron Rodgers was hurt. Bench him. It couldn't have gotten much worse. Put Jordan Love in. My goodness, give the guy some time to develop or do something. Oh, it's so extremely, extremely frustrating that it seems like they don't even practice. Like, what do they do at practice? That's That's exactly what I've been saying. What are they doing? How are you not ready for this stuff? How are you getting worse? How are you worse than you were before? It's not that you don't know what to do. You do know what to do. You're just not focused when the game comes. You know how to do this stuff. You were doing this stuff in high high school. Why can't you do it? Why aren't they ready? 
Is does it look this bad in practice, or are you really not even practicing this stuff? I don't understand. Is it that you know? I'm sure they say all the right things in in film study and everything. Hey, uh, Royce, what's your assignment here? Well, he's here, so I got to do that. But come game time, no idea. They don't know what they're doing. Because practice is supposed to make perfect, and practice is supposed to make you better. And they are progressively getting worse as the year goes on. Like, it's absolutely ridiculous. I could even go in there at this point, or anybody. You could go in there at this point, and we could turn this team around or do something because whatever they're doing now is not working, and their inability to acknowledge that and adapt to it and change something is probably even more infuriating than them doing, I don't, I, I'm so speechless, I'm so mad, I can't even get over it, and it. it's almost 8 o'clock at night. It's absolute garbage. Just garbage, garbage, garbage. And everyone's saying they need to sign a veteran wide receiver. Why? Yeah. They can't even run the offense. They can't. That, that's my point. Prove to me that one wide receiver is going to make a difference so we can go get one. I'm not opposed to it. I think I think you can bring in a lot of people that could upgrade our wide receiver group, but so what? Why waste the money? Why waste the money on a guy that's going to come in here and fail with us? What, are we going to drag down OBJ with us? It's stupid. Even get open. Aaron Rodgers, he either overthrows people, underthrows people. He can't huck it down the field anymore because he has an injured thumb. Like, it's just... But he refuses to stop doing it. It's so ridiculous. I thought the defense did fairly well the first half. Like, they were lights out for Sean Gary. Again, pay that man. Keep that man. Do whatever you can to satisfy that man's needs. It's just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, why? I just, I am just at a loss of words. Special teams looked like they were going to be okay. Not. Blocked field goal. Blocked punt. Like, in return for a touchdown. It's just, I don't even know what they can do anymore at this point. You know, Aaron Rodgers is already talking about retirement. He acts like he doesn't even want to be there. You look at him on the sideline, look how he plays, and I'm getting real sick and tired of his arrogant answers in his press conferences, which we all know that's how he is, but I've given Aaron Rodgers a lot of slack, but lately I am just sick of watching him and hearing him. It's incredibly frustrating. I don't even think they can beat the Commanders next week. It's pretty much even at this point, which is really sad. She got cut off. We'll finish the 16 seconds here. It's Britt from Merrimack. I got cut off. I knew my time was winding down. Anyway. Just wanted to finish up saying, um, yeah, can't wait to hear what you have to say. I'm sure it's basically everything everyone else is thinking. Talk to you later. Go pet, go. Go pet, go. Um, that's, what, that's what Google says. Go pet, go. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It is, I, I'm, I'm kind of, like, I get being annoyed. Like, you just lost, and you sucked, and you're annoyed. And then you have to go talk to the media, and they're going to say, hey, why do you suck? And so I get kind of being annoyed, but but I, I get what you're saying because, like I just said, I played 30 seconds of Matt LaFleur's press conference, and I'm like, I can't do this, dude. I can't listen to you. Just, oh, that was tough, and I don't know. We got we to gotta execute better. Like, if you say execute one more time, stop saying execute. Don't say that anymore. I don't want to hear it anymore because guess what? You can't just say we have to do something and expect it to get better. We have to run the ball more. Well, gee, those are nice words, but you're not doing it. We have to execute. I know. So why don't you work on doing it? This is the problem. What are you doing to fix it? Again, I, keep, I, I hate to keep harping on it, but what kind of work are the players putting in to, to do better? You know, for example, we, we had heard things about um, 
when Pat O'Donnell was living with Crosby or whatever. I'm not saying these guys should move in with each other, but you know, just you hear little things about like they're working on stuff, they're doing stuff. What are they doing? Because this this is really really bad, and they have the talent to turn it around. What are they doing? Tell me. Tell me, most elite players in the history of the world, how many hours are you putting in a day to perfecting this? My grandparents had an accounting business. During tax time, I barely ever saw them. They were up at probably three in the morning, would go into work, and we wouldn't see them until it was very dark outside, maybe like eight o'clock or so, and that was seven days a week. Are they putting in 16-hour days, seven days a week to get this fixed? I know you got game day, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm just so annoyed with this feeling of, of entitlement that we deserve time off. And well, oh, after a game, we get a day off to recover. What are you doing on that day off to recover? I'm not saying you need to go in and do a powerlifting regimen. Fine. Give your time, give your body time to rest and heal. What are you doing? You still got 16 hours you can fill. What are you doing to, to get better at stuff? Maybe they are. Maybe some of these guys are doing that. I just feel like a lot of these guys are treating it like I treated school. Like, just get me out as fast as possible. I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. School is stupid. Granted, I want a good grade. Like, I want a good result, but I'm sure as heck not going to work for it. Like, I, I am not doing any homework, for sure. Like, don't even talk to me about homework. And uh, I've tried paying attention in class. It goes well for about 30 seconds. And then my, uh, my ADD brain just gets lost. I, I can't focus at all. Like, literally no ability to do it. Is that, is that what we're doing? Like, just get me out of here so I can go home. Got a date tonight. Going out to the steakhouse. It's going to be awesome. Because you can't just sit around and say, I don't know, man, we should be better than this. And just assume that because I'm an elite player, I, like, I, I know I'm good at football and I know I just need to do better. That's not how it works. You have to work for it. And I just, I cannot believe that they're doing that and this is the result. When there's such basic, basic mistakes, you can't execute a handoff. Have you ever handed off a ball to one of your players when it wasn't a game or a mandatory practice? Has that ever happened? And again, we're, we're talking about, when we're talking about Aaron Rodgers, we're talking about a guy that won't even show up to like the mini camps and stuff. So the odds that he's doing any work with his team outside of required time seems pretty unlikely. And again, I don't care as much about mini camp, but how about now when it's game time? I mean, yeah, minicamp too, fine, but right now, we see that there are serious issues that need to be corrected. The guys that are not, you know, how much time do you spend shaking your head at your wide receivers? If you spend more time shaking your head than you do actually trying to correct the problem, that's a problem. Romeo Dobbs is dragging staff members out to a football field to load balls into a jugs machine. How about this? Let that, let that coach have the day off. Take the jugs machine and, and let it rest. And Aaron Rodgers, why don't you go out there and throw the football? Why, do, why does he need a jugs machine? Why don't you go do it? And Jordan Love and Al Lazard, all the guys, catch, the, t- the tight ends, go ahead. You were annoyed with them a little bit ago, right? Remember when you got mad because they ran the wrong route? Now is the opportunity to fix it. Anyways, it's getting very late. We might as well take a break here. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. 
when I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we do have a new caller. Sorry that we didn't start the show with this, but uh, here we go. Hey, Ryan. Uh, this is Zach from North Carolina. Just driving to work, trying not to get into the thought that I should just wreck my car because the Packers were so bad yesterday. Just kidding. Um, anyway, sitting here thinking, listening to the podcast. Thanks for all your work. Um, I agree that it's a leadership problem when time and time again it just seems like players don't really care or if they care they don't have the juice for whatever reason to go out and change it when it's going poorly just wondering what you would have to see to make you you know you today have been pretty adamant that um, Matt LaFleur at least right now is is the issue um, you know I think back to 2019 
when maybe we had a little more talent than we do now. Honestly, probably a little less talent than we do now, especially <laughs> on defense. Um, but we were just winning some gritty games, and it seems like people were buying in. You know, things changed from 2018. Immediately, we bounced back and won 13 games the next year. Um, of course, that was LaFleur's first year. Just wondering what it would take for you to say the problem is not LaFleur, but it's the fact that on offense, every single thing, and not just play calls, but I think every single player's attitude, their opinions, their thoughts about the game, about the coaching, have to go through Aaron Rodgers. I just imagine at practice that obviously we're not there, we don't know, but it seems like nobody puts in more work during the week than LaFleur and his staff. And I would guess that Rodgers is not there with them, you know, at 2 a.m. when they're putting in that work. But the next day at practice, my guess is, and we're starting to get into speculation here, but it just, yeah. from the outside, it seems like I can very clearly picture LaFleur saying something, coaching, uh, having a coaching point, putting in a game plan, and Rodgers just shaking his head saying, we're not going to do that that way. Yeah, I mean... Again, we're we're getting into speculation, but ultimately all the stuff that you listed about everybody on offense not doing their job, it, it does come down to the head coach. Now, if there's sabotage going on from your, from your quarterback, it's still at least a, a large portion of the head coach's job to correct that. You need to meet with Aaron Rodgers and say, don't you freaking dare ever do that. Um but beyond that, I mean, honestly, if, it, if it's that bad, and this has been going on for a while, the Packers are wrong for paying him. And, uh, you know, I, again, I don't, we'll, we'll never get that answer, at least not as long as he's there. Maybe there'll be a tell-all thing later on where Matt LaFleur, after he's retired, will talk about how Aaron Rodgers was a piece of garbage and would sabotage him all the time. We, I mean, we did hear stories about that under Mike McCarthy, that article Tyler Dunn wrote that Packer fans mostly wrote off, right? Like, oh, that's fake, that he's lying or whatever. Um, there were stories about how he would tease Mike and say he was the dumbest person he's ever met and all this stuff. I mean, that's the head coach. So yeah, I mean, what's the difference between now and 2019 when 2019, when everybody bought in, well, he's a brand new coach. That's what happens all the time. When you get a new coach, everybody buys in, everybody's excited. And then you realize that it's not really real. And, uh, you, you kind of just lose that, you know, there's always the honeymoon phase and that's going to wear off. And now there has to be something real and tangible that's there. And the honeymoon phase is wore off, and what's left? I don't see anything. Um, so yeah, I, I again, I, I I can only put it on Matt Lafleur because I see nowhere else to go with it. It's not a talent issue, even though people have been trying to push back on me that well, it's obviously talent. Look how bad they're playing. No, dumb, dumb. That's not what I'm saying. They're clearly better than this. They're playing down. They're not playing up to their abilities. But. Um, yeah, I mean, again, you said, what would I have to see to know that it was Rodgers? There's there's, not, there's nothing, unless there's a hidden camera video of Rodgers, you know, doing what you're describing. I don't think there is anything that I can see. Um, and even then, it's, it's, it's up to the team as a whole to rectify that. Um, and shame on them if that's been going on and they paid him to stay because that is the issue. And now they're paying for that dearly. And he should have been let go. And it wouldn't have been that hard to let him go and simply just tell the truth. You know, Aaron Rodgers is extremely talented, but we realized that there were 
issues beyond the football field that were going on that were irreconcilable. Um, and that we, we were not going to be able to fix these issues. And it was causing um, strife in the locker room and among the coaching staff and the players, and we couldn't allow that to happen. Which, again, is, is part of the reason why I don't necessarily think that's the case. I mean, the, the Packers are clearly willing to move on. I'm not saying he's a saint and he isn't doing little things and making comments and weird faces and stuff, but I don't know. Um, as unfair as it might be, and I even said this at the end of the podcast yesterday, talking about the the work that Matt LaFleur has put in and everything else, as unfair as it might be, it is his job to get them to buy in. That's He has a leadership role, and he needs to lead them. And if they're not following, you can't say, well, it's their fault because they're not following me. No, you are the leader. You have to do it. That's what you have to do. And whether it's by screaming in their face or, or gently asking them politely to come, you got to figure that out. you got to make it work. Again, you don't have to like that that's the way that it is, but that is the way it is. And somebody has to be able to do it. You say, well, the, the guys should be able to motivate themselves and they shouldn't be. The, Could have, would have, should have, doesn't matter. And we, we can sit here and, and continue this process and say, well, it just should be better, but it's not. Yeah, but it should. Well, we should change it because although it should be better, it's not. Although you shouldn't need somebody to come in and, and coddle players or motivate players or get them to buy in. They should just do what they're told. That isn't the reality. And so we can keep things the way they are and keep getting what we're getting, or we can go find somebody who can do those things. It's amazing to me what's happening in Dallas. I know they just got beat, but again, the whole quarterback thing was always a farce. But the success that Dallas is having, I don't know how great of a play caller Mike McCarthy is these days, but he's a leader and he's a no-nonsense guy and he's certainly not going to tolerate anybody doing any kind of nonsense, which is kind of funny because, again, you kind of go back and forth. I think Mike McCarthy was the no-nonsense guy and then we started to lose the locker room, and we bring in the nice guy, and then everybody loves it. Like, yeah, we got it. This guy's awesome. And now they just don't care. They, they Again, I think they walk all over Matt LaFleur. And so, you know, okay, we don't have to fire him now, whatever, it doesn't matter, but at some point he's not going to be working here. And I have a feeling the guy that we're going to hire is going to be a no-nonsense, you know, tough guy. And that'll be a great thing, and everybody will love it. Like, yeah, we're serious, and this is like a new thing, and they're going to play great. And then eventually he's going to lose the locker room because – these people don't like being treated this way and blah, blah, blah. And then they're going to, it's just this constant cycle of garbage. So to answer your question, I, I don't know what there could possibly be to prove to me that Aaron Rodgers is sabotaging the team and forcing them all to have a bad attitude and not care and not try. I'm not sure what that thing could be. And just at what point is the issue, Rodgers, you've been a great quarterback. You are probably still a great quarterback, but this attitude that you've built up that you are more than a player you are a player coach you are above and beyond any scheme or coaching at what point does that rub off on the rest of the offense because right now i think the offensive attitude is a problem we saw the defense adjust special teams had their first bad week but they've been doing better this year you know i'd be very curious to see matt lafleur's coaching style and the heart and the effort with a quarterback who buys in, is running the offense, is listening to the coach, and... Zach got cut off, but... No, I I mean, at the very least, if the, I would be stunned if there's a single Packer fan that says, we're getting a good return on investment for Aaron Rodgers. We're not. I mean, 
you know, we, we can squabble over, and, and this is probably a big part of the reason of the, the love for love, or at least the wanting to go in that direction, is it's not just a, a uh, you know, two quarterbacks in a vacuum. You're talking about a however much money he's making this year quarterback. Rodgers' cap hit this year is $28.5 million. Jordan Love, $3.3 million. $25.2 million more for Aaron Rodgers. Are we getting $25.2 million more value? Even if we th- say things get worse, Rodgers is playing like a, what, $18 million quarterback? You want to pay $30 million for a guy playing like he's worth $15 million? Or would you rather get $10 million worth of value out of a guy getting paid three? So I'm not saying, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm saying I can kind of see where that would be coming from. Why not? We're not removing an MVP caliber quarterback because that's not what he's playing like. Anyways, let's do, uh, let's do one more call. We'll save the last three for tomorrow. Hey, Ryan, this is your favorite person from Scranton again, Randy. Yes. Oh, a couple things. First thing, what was with the, the change in the offensive line yesterday? They, they benched Royce Newman. They put that Hanson guy in, and then he gets hurt. Then they put Royce back in the game. Like, what? They have no one else? What about Yash? Put him there and move Elton Jenkins back. Why Why won't they do that? I, 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 don't, I don't understand. It is so frustrating. And the best part is the offensive line coach got promoted to the Offensive coordinator. Well, well, that that's yeah. that's your answer. I, that 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 just boggled my mind. And um, another thing is, what is their identity on offense? I don't they, know. They they completely abandon the run, and when teams get they suck the Packers in when they go man single high and. And they try to Aaron Rodgers themselves out of these games. And seems like they don't have the ability to form an identity because they're being dictated to. They only have the ability to take what they can with what's being given to them. They don't have the ability to say, this is what we do and we're going to impose it. At least they're not choosing to if they do have that ability. Um, they're looking at what the defense does and says, here's what we need to do. Here's our best chance to succeed and trying to succeed and failing. So it's. It's demoralizing and ugly at the same time. Clearly, it's not working. I, I, I don't know if it's, if it's Devontae Adams not there anymore or, or, or what, but it is very frustrating to watch this offense try to move the ball. And the defense, uh, it, the defensive line is, I, I don't understand. We, we waste... I don't. I, I don't know if I can say waste right now. It's kind of early, but it seems like the first two picks last year. I mean, yeah. did did we even hear Quay Walker's name in the game at, at all? The only time was that big giant run play that Quay overran. The only time I heard his name. And Devontae Wyatt can't even get on the field. I I, yeah. I don't know. I, I just feel like the only thing I'll say about Wyatt although it's very clear that they're not big fans of, of Wyatt so far in terms of his ability and understanding of the defenses. They very, very much like Kenny, Dean, and, and Lowry. 
to the point where Slayton really wasn't getting a lot of time until recently. And and he's only getting time because he seems like he's actually playing really, really well. Um, so I don't know that Wyatt was ever really going to get a ton of opportunities because apparently if you're the number four guy, you get like seven snaps a game because the other guys just don't come off, which is weird because our backup edge rushers seem to be getting more opportunities. You'd think that you'd be more willing to take Lowry off the field than, than Rashawn, but I guess that's not really the case. Those two picks were just a big waste right now. Yep. And it's the secondary is all there plus Jair and, and they still look like complete garbage. I, I don't understand. I, I hope we can turn this around. I, I feel like Aaron Rodgers is probably the biggest problem right now on this team and, and Matt LaFleur is, has got to be second. And, and we, we got to have some leaders step up and, and another thing, you know, they said that they had a, a good week of practice this week. Did did they even practice? Because right. there's just it seems like they sat around and played Call of Duty all week and came in and said, "Oh crap, we got a we got a game to play." Oh man, this sucks. I, I don't understand. You got cut off, so we'll let him finish here. Hey Ryan, this is your favorite Scranton guy again. Sorry, I think I rambled on on my last voicemail a little too long and I got cut off. But uh, I just wanted to, to ask you one one last um, another podcast mentioned it slightly, but uh, I wanted to see what your take was on it. Did did we our opportunity to trade Russ and, and, and get? I think that was supposed to be miss our opportunity to trade Rogers and get whatever we could have for him. I, I hope that's not the case and. Say we do have a losing season this year, and, and he walks away. Do we miss our window on that? Um, I don't want to get too much into detail. I want to hear what you have to think about it. So, uh, thanks, man, for letting me call. Go, Pat. Go. See you. All right. Let's start with. Um, I am getting a little tired of hearing them say all the right things. I've said this several times, but it's like, okay, so so you do know. What needs to happen? We've we've heard every week pretty much that everything's on the table with the offensive line, except they don't actually change anything, right? In other words, we'll we'll look at that. We need to go back and look at it. We need to go back and look at the tape. We need to go back and watch that. We need to go check the tape. We need to go watch the tape. We need to go back and look at it. But but everything's on the table, and then they come out and they do the same thing again. The other thing that's really annoying is when Matt Lafleur again. I've only listened to thirty seconds, but it, it provided a lot of material. Apparently, he came to the podium and sounded stunned. Like, he didn't expect that. Like, you know, obviously that was pretty shocking and that sucked. And, like, they, they just, it just gives the impression that they thought that they could just show up and because we're so good, we're just going to be able to steamroll the Jets. I don't know, man. I don't know what to tell you. But as far as the window to trade Rodgers, I don't know the specifics of what you had heard, but it feels that way, doesn't it? And again, I don't want to get too far down the road we'll see maybe they can turn it around I don't know um but that that contract looms large right now and you, you know you can tell that Gutekunst really saw that we had a lot of talent and we have a window and he wanted to maximize it probably because he knows once the window closes there's a very good chance we're just going to be a bad team and his ability or Matt LaFleur's ability or anybody's ability to to keep this thing going with Rodgers leaving, Devontae leaving, and a whole bunch of other core pieces leaving, 
drops significantly. And the goal was to bring Rodgers and Devontae back. We got Rodgers, and we couldn't keep Devontae. And I think that really hurt him. And, you know, at the time I thought, you know, not necessarily good riddance, but when I saw the contract, I was like, yeah, good riddance. I mean, that's a little much. But now you look back and it's like, would you would you give back those picks and maybe swap out Razul and Devondre for Devontae? Because at this point I might. Devondre's not playing good football at all. Maybe we'd have still gotten Quay with our first pick, probably. So that doesn't change much. It would be Quay and somebody else. I mean, I, in order to keep Devontae, yeah, I, I might I might do that. I might change my position on on Devontae staying. Well, I don't know contractually how we make that work because that is an expensive contract. But um, I kind of get it. And now it feels like without Devontae, the window's just... It, we're, he's trying as hard as he can to keep that window pride open, and it seems like we might have just missed it. And the problem is, if the window's closing... What do we do? Because we're kind of stuck. Uh, just again, I've I've stayed away from Rogers' contract because it seems comp. But as as I'm looking at it, there might be details I'm missing. It doesn't seem that complicated. It seems like we can't get rid of him. <laughs> you know, it's like okay, well, he's going to leave after this year. I don't actually know if that's possible. I mean, this prorated bonus is one hundred, basically one hundred twenty-six million dollars spread out over five years. We have to pay that. $126 million. So far this year, we're paying $27 million of it. So we still owe $100 million. If he leaves next year, we owe $100 million on top of any other money that, that is left in his guarantees. He does next year have a guaranteed salary of $1.165 million that has to be paid. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 we would owe... $100 million. And even if you just look at this, 2023 dead cap it, $99.8 million. We can't afford that. I mean, we'd have to cut everybody. $100 million? That's not even, that's not real. And it's like, well, can't you do so? I don't think so. I mean, when he's gone, you can't spread it out anymore. You can only spread it out when he's here. You just, you have to pay it. Same thing with like 2024. It seems like there's a real nice window after 2024 to get rid of them, and it, and it doesn't really cost us very much. And again, maybe there's a lot of details here, but as I'm looking at it, it's like we can't offload the guy. So now we have Aaron Rodgers for the foreseeable future just kind of captaining this uh, adrift ship. I, I really do need to talk to somebody about how this contract works because, you know, even the way Rodgers said it's a one with a t- uh, two and a three option or something something weird like that. Like, explain how that works, because it's a one? How? <laughs> there has to be something with this contract. But um, yeah, just it, it, it feels like the window's closing and we're kind of stuck with what we have. And that's not to say we can't go out and get a quarterback anyways and just be like, well, you're here and we're happy about that. That's great. Love you. We're going to continue moving forward without you as though you're not here. But, you know. That's you don't need to worry yourself about that. You just keep doing your thing. We'll do our thing over here. It's fine. We'll be. It's no big deal. I don't know. I don't know. Don't need to. I guess worry about that. But it's just the contract thing seems. It's supposedly very confusing. It seems relatively straightforward when you look at it. But uh, there's probably, you know, I mean, there's there's the uh, options that he has starting February 10th. Like, okay, fine. That's sounds to me like that's a guarantee based on if you're a good quarterback. That's a Super Bowl bonus. 
if if we get that deep into the playoffs, i.e. if we make it to the Super Bowl, you just earned yourself some extra money in another year. If we don't, you ain't making it to February 10th. Seems straightforward to me. But again, maybe there's some other nuances in there that I'm missing. But anyways, we're going to leave it at that. Thank you guys for calling in. Appreciate the perspective on things. Obviously, it seems to be um, the biggest pushback, I think, with the Matt LaFleur thing is, number one, yeah, but look how good he's been. You're being ridiculous. And number two, um, I think Aaron Rodgers is the biggest issue, which maybe maybe that is the case. I don't know. But um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to prove that. It's kind of just we all have our own theories going forward. All I know is at the end of the day, it is Matt LaFleur's responsibility. If Rodgers is sabotaging it, fine. Yeah, he's got to go. But I can't prove that. I don't know that. I don't know that. I just know that Roger Lafleur has to be the guy to write the ship. It's his job. But, anyways, have a great day. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye bye.